Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we talked about one of cinema's greatest serial killer movies in seven, which means today we talk about one of cinema's serial killer movies from 2004. It's all about Saw. I can hear you. Who is that? Who's in there? Technically speaking, he's not really a murderer. He never killed anyone. Dr. Gordon, your aim in this game is to kill Adam. So which film in this week's Torture a Tussle will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Brothers. My last girlfriend was a feminist vegan punk who broke up with me because she thought I was too angry. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash as seven takes on Saw. As you well know, we'll have a winner right now. It's seven. No, uh, we'll have a winner at the <laughs> end of the show. But as always, before we get going with part two and discussing Saw, it's time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a weekly review from one of you read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. This review comes from Flymo Sale. Nice. Who says, uh, by far my favourite podcast ever. I've been listening for about eight months and I'm only leaving a review as I've reached the promised land of being completely up to date and quite frankly it's left a hole in my life. I've watched so many films I wouldn't have watched uh, and previous ones from a different perspective, sometimes not always for the best. Um, Love all three hosts and it wouldn't be the same pod without them, despite being very different in their personalities and views. (laughs) They all work so well together. Uh, My one gripe is when... There's a gripe. Yeah, I don't know. You have to remind me of this. My one gripe is when Chris woke up and chose violence on the Ready Player One episode because it's made me doubt one of my favourites. What did I do? Woke up and chose violence. <laughs> what did I do on the Ready Player One episode? Oh, did man. I punch one of you? Uh, can someone uh, on Twitter, uh, get on Twitter, at Clashwood, please confirm when Chris woke up and chose violence, <laughs> what that means? Uh, that is, that's a hell of a sentence. Uh, fly by sale adds, oh, there's a hell of a sentence coming up. Uh, hopefully they'll do Moonwalker soon. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, yes, pod keeps getting better. Well done, guys. I would love to do Moonwalker. It's yeah. just tricky territory. Oh yeah, uh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he turned himself into a car that children can get inside. <laughs> stop! 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 Good. Yes. Oh, I can't believe it's me that went stop. I think it's because I started it. So on Monday we visited Somerset, which was bloody terrifying. Which means today <laughs> we're going to take it easy with a nice jigsaw. Let me take you on a journey. 
Dr. Gordon wakes up in a room with Adam, who is angrier than a feminist vegan punk. (laughs) (laughs) They're both chained to pipework by their feet, and there's, shh, a dead body on the floor. (laughs) That despite being an actual doctor, Gordon doesn't (laughs) realise isn't actually dead. All of which for Adam is the most fun he's had without lubricant. (laughs) Neither knows how they got there. And just as you think, ooh, I wonder how they're going to keep the tension going without ever leaving this room, we get a flashback. Then a flashback in a flashback. Then a flashback that you think is a flashback, but then isn't, but then is. A lot like Inception's dream within a dream within a dream, except not fun. (laughs) Anyway, Danny Glover's worst cop in the world (laughs) thinks Dr. Gordon is the jigsaw killer for no discernible reason. Then he gets his throat cut. Then he gets his partner killed. Then he gets himself killed. Then he... No, that's it. (laughs) Finally, despite this seeming like Dr. Gordon's story and punishment, he chops off his own foot and escapes leaving Adam to die because he's a photographer. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, <clears throat> saw. So I was being a little bit fun. A little bit funny there. Uh, actually, we should take into account, this week we are doing a $1 million movie, which is Saw, against a $30 million movie, which is Seven. So there has to be some leeway for this movie. Mm. When did you first see this movie, Chris? Oh, my God. There was so much hype around this film when it came out. I was I was just heavily into my horror phase by then, and the poster, the premise, you had to see this film, especially if you liked horror, and I feel like it really delivered. My memory of this film, of watching it in the cinema, was at the end just thinking, hell yeah! <laughs> He's <laughs> in there all the time. <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't realise I was going to spend the next 10 years writing about Saw movies and going to screenings <laughs> and going to early morning screenings and having to un- try to understand where the plot goes. But yeah, it, because it's been around all the time, I've been a film journalist. I've, I've covered all of them. I've interviewed... Tobin Bell, that's come up on a previous podcast. <laughs> Didn't? Um, yeah. Got, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Whenever I asked him about Saw, he'd answer a question about Mississippi burning. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, I went to I went to a Saw ride, uh, a theme park in England, to interview Carrie Elwes when he returned to the franchise. But also, um, I met Lee Wanell and James Wan when they were promoting Insidious. And I got to know Lee quite well. So I've got some good insights into this film directly from Lee. And I wish, as another synopsis, another introduction... I could give you what I heard one day, which is I took Lee to see a Crystal Palace match once with my dad, went to the bar to get drinks, came back, and Lee was telling my dad the plot of Saw. And my dad was asking him questions. And it was just a very funny conversation to witness. Wow. Um, So, yeah, I feel like Saw has been a big part of my life, maybe bigger than I'd want when I'm talking about the sequels. But, yeah, this is still a great fun film. Okay, V. So it took me a while to get to it. I remember all the first. I remember the poster. I remember knowing that I had to see it. But I knew that it was gruesome. And I know that Seven is gruesome, but it's also not just that. So it did take me a while to get to it. So it was on the telly at some point. But I really enjoyed it. I had a really, I remember laughing a mm. little bit. But, but just that same feeling of like, what that was so entertaining, good for them. And I knew it was cheap as chips and all the rest of it. Uh, but I just found it, uh, it, it delivered the promise of the premise and all of that. Yeah. Well, you know, my opinion of feet, hate them. So a poster with a dead foot on it, I'm like, I need to see this movie. The foot gets <laughs> it. The foot gets the it. The foot has been killed. The <laughs> foot is going to get it in this movie. Uh, and I watched it. And I was at uni and I think, you know, I was, it was 2004. I was at uni by that point. But I was a little bit drunk uh, when I watched it. And so I, I thought, oh, my God, I was a little bit drunk. So I didn't really understand the second half very well. Watched it this time sober. Still got a few questions about that second half. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is the second time I've watched it. And as I said on Monday, I was more excited to watch this uh, because obviously I know Seven so well and I didn't know this so well. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch it a second time, isn't mm. it? When, yeah. you know, when you know what's coming, you know who's behind it and you know um, what is going on. It's still quite hard to understand it all. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, James Wan and Lee Wanell, they become friends at film school in Melbourne. Upon leaving, they see the Blair Witch Project and realise, because they've wanted to make a movie for a while, low-budget horror is a way of making their first feature. So they're looking for ideas. One of the first ideas is uh, an immov- a movie in- set entirely in a lift with the security cameras providing the only view of what's going on in the lift. And then James Wan comes up with this idea of two bodies, uh, two people rather, in a room 
with a dead body in the middle, trying to work out why they're there, and then the dead body turns out to be the reason they are there. And so, with this idea and title, they start to write a script. It's quite cheeky, though. He comes up with that and then says to Lee, you've got to come up with who he is and why and how he's there. <laughs> this li- that's literally how it happened. James said, oh, I've got this great premise. That's not a premise. That's no. just a situation. <laughs> Lee's got to write the freaking premise. And as he says it, Lee when else says it was months before he came up with uh, Jigsaw and the idea of Jigsaw being this killer. And the way he came up with it, it sounds quite awful. He was suffering from terrible migraines at the time, became convinced he had a brain tumour, went to a neurologist to have an MRI and started thinking the worst. Uh, he actually says, I, I, I finally just woke up one day and said, I'm sick of feeling sick. I remember thinking I would have done anything to feel good again. And when I finally did something about it, I was elated. I was so happy to be alive and healthy. And this is what bled into Saw. Here's a film about someone who believes that a person can only appreciate their short life on Earth after they've looked death in the face. So he also said, uh, what if you were given the news that you had a brain tumour and you were going to die soon? How would you react to that? It's something that happens every day right now. While we're having this conversation, he says to the journalist, there's a doctor somewhere telling someone you're terminal, you're going to die, which I understand. Don't quite understand what Tobin Bell adds to this. The mistreatment of the terminally ill by the medical community is at the very clear. Uh, it's very clear in sore. Mm. Especially in Mississippi, <laughs> where they set fire to them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, questions about the similarities between Saw and Seven come up. Uh, on the Seven similarities, uh, Winnell says, James and I never really felt Seven was that close to our film. I guess if you stand back, you have two detectives chasing a psychopath who uses vile methods to teach people lessons and those echo seven. But what we liked about Saw, though, was the fact the story is told from the point of view of two of the victims rather than the police chasing them. Yeah, and, you know, um, John Doe wants to kill his victims. John Kramer wants his victims to live. Mm. He wants them to survive and appreciate life again. So, I mean, obviously there are similarities. There's similarities in a lot of serial killer thrillers. Sure. But um, I, think this is, I think this is different enough that I hadn't really clocked it that much until we decided to do it this week. Uh, he actually prefers comparisons between this and a French movie, which I have seen. It's in English, I believe, but it's produced. It's a French production, Cube, um, mm. which is... Uh, if you haven't seen it, is an amazing film. Horrible, but brilliant. And when Winnell was uh, asked about the comparison to that, he goes, I love that film, and it was <laughs> definitely an influence on me. I wonder what it is about Saw that has made people pick up on Cube's influence. I thought it was buried, but I guess it shows. <laughs> Which I love. A little bit of honesty. Um and more controversy, though. Uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> I ended up on a subreddit. Uh, the, the headline is, Lee Winnell plagiarised a gay porn parody of Saw when writing Saw 3. Right. So this is looking ahead to the, the second sequel. Uh, in 2006, Adonis Pictures released Bone Saw, <laughs> a gay pornographic horror film which was a parody of the Saw franchise. It's about a man named Lee who wakes up in a warehouse and faces a series of consecutive challenges to save the people around him. The first involves solving a riddle from two men who are forced to have sex in front of him. The second is making a man ejaculate within a time limit. The structure here is pretty familiar to any Saw fans. It mirrors Saw 3. Bone Saw came out before Saw 3. If anyone's seen Bone Saw and can confirm, sure. jump on our Twitter. Does it have that bloke from Fright Night in it? <laughs> uh, one and Winnell, they've got their scripts. They can't get it funded in Australia. Their agent sends them out to LA and to prepare for that, they decide to shoot a seven-minute scene, basically a short film from the script as proof of concept and one's ability as a director. Uh, funnily enough, uh, in an interview, uh, Winnell says they didn't have a lot of money. Uh, one was especially broke. Uh, so when he needed some money, he came to Lee Winnell, who actually had quite a good job. He basically did what Chris and I do at the time. He was on Australia's equivalent of E! News. Yeah. But he was their roving reporter. He was he he'd like he uses the example of yes, he says in an interview, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing having to fly to London to interview Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it was hosted by Nicole Kidman's sister, the show. So that was he's his funny, job. he's a really funny presenter. Is he? Yeah. Really good there. So not not like us. <laughs> no. Just like us. <laughs> uh, the short's really good though. 
Right. Yeah, Lee, Lee, Lee plays uh, David, a character called David, I think, who's in the... He plays the person in the bear trap. Right. It's the um, bear trap scene that they picked. So they, they, I think he says it's probably one of the best decisions they ever made because the natural thing to do would have been to pick the two guys in the room mm-hmm. to give an example of what the main narrative of the story is. But they were like, no, do the bear trap scene because if people will either go, we fucking love this or we fucking hate it. Yeah. And James, James reckons it's better than the bear trap scene in the film because as we'll talk about, they didn't have much time to make this movie, but he had two days to shoot the short film. Mm. And so it's, it's just much cleaner the way it's, it's edited and cut together and filmed. So um, he also says that it was, the, it was actually that DVD, he says, which is interesting to anyone sending a script in, if you can make a short film, make a short film, because he yeah. says like, a script is just a pile of words, whereas a DVD really hit people. Yeah, it's well, what if got... you want to direct it, yeah. I mean, if you're just happy being a writer, just send sure. the script. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't but go it's, to the trouble. It's what got Carrie Elwes interested in it, though. Yeah. I don't know if he would have agreed to be in this film had he not seen that short and gone wow these guys have got a vision yeah uh, well on the casting there really isn't very much to say uh, all the actors pretty much either saw the <clears> DVD <throat> or read the script loved it came on board uh, Carrie Elwes uh, when uh, when Elwes asked how much of a thrill it was to act opposite such a seasoned veteran he replied a huge thrill the man is a legend you could write a book about how great of a guy Carrie is he's just so bloody nice in 2005, Elwes sued the sawmakers, alleging breach of contract and unjust enrichment. <laughs> OK. He wasn't paid what he was owed. Really? Apparently so. They figured it out soon after, oh. considering he's in the sequels. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, on the fact that it made over $100 million... Oh, well, the fact. ...on a $1 million budget, uh, when Elle says, it's because it's like the children's would-you-rather game. Which I think is a really, really nail-on-the-head moment. Do you remember the book? It was a children's book. When we were kids in the 80s, it was called Would You Rather? It was just a series of Would You Rather Be Stung By Loads Of Bees or Jump In A Pile Of Nettles? Mm -hmm. And, like, you used to pour over this book going, (laughs) actually, what would you do? It was like, (laughs) would you rather, like, drink some sweat or sleep in a haunted house? And you're like, fuck, what would I rather do? And he's like, it's that taken to the, uh, like, turned up to 11. Yeah. Yeah, and what's great about it is you know when they were pitching it they had much bigger offers from bigger studios dreamworks were one that was in but they kept to their guns lee Lee acts in it james directs it and so they did the deal with a much smaller company but they start shooting in eight weeks they found some little studio called lacey street they shot the whole film in one studio all the sets are in there yeah and it's just i think it's just such a lovely success story of sticking to your guns and that's why it is rough around the edges in this film and famously they did only get a couple of takes for a lot of the scenes you can kind of tell but it didn't matter the idea was there the talent was there and they made it work and i i think this is one of the most inspiring sort of modern filmmaking independent filmmaking stories i really do uh, i think it was james that said every fancy i ever had about film came true on this one on his oh. first film <laughs> wow 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 you're so dominant wow wow i sort of got screwed on the old bedroom selection wow look at this wow you're in good company wow how'd that affect you with guys wow that's a good message wow this is a nice boat wow Wow, wow, wow. There was a lot of wows there. Wow. I was thinking about it because there's a couple of moments here which we'll come to where I do think you see the, the, the one that we become to know mm. later. There's a couple of shots in this where you're like, oh, mm. man, that's, that's where he develops the horror. And literally when they're editing it, sorry, just to add this in, like, when they're editing, he, he had loads of gaps where they didn't, have, they didn't have the shots they needed. So he, was, he used a bunch of stills that the stills photographer took. And that's why you've got this crazy visual style. It was literally because there were gaps in the film. <laughs> right. So he got a good, sound, a good score. He's throwing um, images at the screen and some behind-the-scenes B-roll that's not supposed to be in the film. And so it doesn't... Yeah, I just, I just love the creativity on that front. Now, let's get into this movie. Adam, played by Lee Winnell, wakes up chained to some pipes in a grubby bathroom. He unplugs a bath by accident. Something which we later find out is a key, more on that in a bit, disappears down the plug hole. Hmm. Hmm? Questions? <laughs> so many questions. Possibly the biggest question. No, don't, don't jump to the end. Don't do a Vicky. Let's, let's just leave that hanging there. A strange line that kind of undercuts the terror. Shit, I'm probably dead at that point. But fair enough. Um, there's a dead body with a gun and a dictaphone. 
and Kerry Elwes. I think this is incredibly smart casting as well. I know Kerry Elwes wanted to do it, saw the DVD, but what you've got here is the lovable lead from The Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights, but also 1997's Kiss the Girls, where he's, spoiler, not a great guy. <laughs> so what you've got is like, is he, you're already asking yourself, is yeah. it good Kerry Elwes or evil Kerry Elwes? So you've already got that built in. Is he part of the plan? Is mm. Adam the victim or is this guy a victim as well? Yeah. Brilliant casting. Uh, busy year, actually, he's got coming up. I didn't realise he's in MI Dead Reckoning and uh, also Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder's sci-fi biopic for her. Uh, biopic, sci-fi epic for Netflix. So he's still busy. So neither of them can remember how they got there. Uh, Lawrence, Dr. Gordon Lawrence. Um, Gordon is calmer than Adam. Let's think about why we're here. They haven't killed us, so what do they want? And we get a few breadcrumbs now. There's a brand new clock on the wall. Adam finds a tape, as does Gordon, and a bullet and a key. The key doesn't work and everything. I will say at this stage... Already intrigued. Yeah, of course. Loving this. Yeah. Trying to work out what everything could mean. Getting my brain going. And uh, as I said, I couldn't remember what happened. So, oh, good. Have you ever done an escape room? Because this is very much like an escape room. So, at this point. It's, once again, I end up saying this every week because I know what a bad personality trait is. If something's massive, I don't want anything to do with it. So I've never done an escape room. Because you went to punch love... drunk. Yeah, that's true. But I went in the early days. Right, so okay, I went yep. to like one of the first ones. Yep. So now that everybody loves escape rooms, I will not do them. And you can bet your bottom dollar, the minute I do one, I'll go around saying, have you heard about escape rooms? <laughs> They're fucking awesome. So I've never done one, no. I think I would be... <laughs> There's a sore escape room in London at the moment. Oh, is there? I was thinking we should have done it, but, you know. It's could just... have done the podcast there. Oh, should have got in touch with them. Come on, Alex. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, anyway, we hear Jigsaw for the first time on the tapes. So, Adam's tape, you're a voyeur, angry, it's apathetic. This might be the room that you die in. All of that nonsense. And, <laughs> blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he goes on to say, Adam, are you going to watch yourself die here today or do something about it? Yeah, I misremembered. I thought they got their tapes... No, sorry. I thought they got a secret message that said the first person to kill the other is the person that lives. So that's the game. Right. But that's for Gordon. So Gordon gets Yeah, but I thought Adam got the same thing. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just there as bait, I guess. Or... So this is my point, yeah. right? All Jigsaw's games throughout this movie are very, very clear. Gordon, kill Adam before 6pm or we'll kill you. Yeah. You're going to die. Your kids are going to die. Yeah. Your kid, your wife and kids are going to die. Right? Yeah. Uh, everyone else, it's like, if you do this, you will live. Mm -hmm. Adams is, you're going to die in here. <laughs> you're going to do, are you going to do something? <laughs> yeah. Arguably, Adam does a lot of things in this room. Yeah. So, I think he's set up to fail. I think I'm going to jump to the end. Sorry. I think it's as basic as, it's as simple as, I think we're overthinking it, sorry. Because all the other games are super direct and focused on the failings, according to Jigsaw, of that individual. I think, Adam, are you going to watch yourself die? Dr. Gordon says to him quite clearly, at this point, he wants us to chop off our feet and Adam won't do it. And obviously later, Dr. Gordon will. And mm. that's what condemns him because he doesn't do that because he can't. But it's really, if he chops off his foot right now, probably would have been let go, I think. I don't know. I'm reaching because otherwise it makes no sense. He's just there for no reason. You can cut off his leg. That's the thing you could do about it and get out of there. Yeah. Okay, that is true. But then why was he left with the key? We'll come to that. But this was this was my one issue going into this film was, oh, it's this Australian... It's this movie made by two Australians and the big thing I knew going in was it's about people have got to cut through the chain or their leg. Right. That is from Mad Max, which is Australian. That is like the most famous scene in Mad Max. And I thought, well, this seems like it's a bit derivative right. and a bit of a one-trick pony. So I did, I did go in with my arms crossed thinking, show me something different. And to be fair, they did. But it is from Mad Max. Yeah, it's the toe cutter, isn't it? 
the toe cutter. He knows who I am. The toe cutter. Giving you the choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I think that the car's about to explode. That's correct. And so you've, you've only got time to cut through one, as we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, so there's a few clues here. X marks the spot for treasure. Follow your heart. There's a heart in a toilet. Doesn't check the system first. Unbelievable. I know they make a joke out of it. <laughs> I know. But it's also like, who? what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> who would do that first? Yeah. You would check the system. I mean, the heart is on it, yeah, it's basically. On, of course. We learn in later films that before he lay down um, Jigsaw injected himself with a muscle relaxant right do you think he maybe needed a quick poo <laughs> when, all you, when everything relaxes that'd be natural yeah. and that, that toilet's Nothing quite near to be I think of, that no? could be full, full of Kramer fresh, shite fresh or he could have left an upper decker I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I do. I don't want to know. Do I? You don't. You don't. It's from MacGruber. Google it. Right. Google it. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Gordon suddenly says, oh, I think I know who was put us here because the last I heard, the police hadn't caught him. I know because I was a suspect. And now we've got used to being in this room. It's time to leave the room, get a flashback. Uh, Dina Meyer is there. Oh, Diz from Starship Troopers. Poor, tragic Diz. Uh, she's there briefly. Uh, her character's just called Kerry. Danny Clover's there as Detective David Tapp, the worst cop ever. He is bad at his job. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> this guy, literally. I mean, He's not good on. at this. <laughs> come on. I just can't believe Danny Glover read that and went, yeah, I like this cop. This cop is... <laughs> He's copping everywhere. Allegedly, he only did two days' work, so mm. whatever. He probably thought <laughs> no one would see it. <laughs> and we've got Ken Lung as uh, Detective Stephen Singh. So, get our first real look at the kind of work that Jigsaw is going to become famous for over the next 27 films. Uh, we've got a dead guy who clawed his way through razor wire. Uh, he's called Paul, and Jigsaw kills him uh, because Paul... This is where it gets a little bit weird. So, Paul had pretended or had run a razor across his wrist because he wanted attention. Right. And Jigsaw had a problem with him... Feigning suicide for attention, so now he was going to make him crawl through razor wire, which is unsurvivable. So we've said, oh, he's teaching them a lesson. He wants them to embrace life, but it's not survivable. There isn't, there wasn't a path through that razor wire, was there? I mean, the film would argue there was. Okay. Otherwise, it all breaks down, especially when you get to Amanda in Saw Three, which we'll come to. But yeah, Jigsaw's traps are all fundamentally survivable. Okay. Otherwise, the whole of the Saw franchise breaks down. Do you want to see that? <laughs> Of all the things I want to see. Do you know how they cut that? How they, how they uh, shot that? That razor wire is made of rubber. He's running through rubber. <laughs> right. Oh, well, then he should have definitely got through He should have made it through. <laughs> Idiots. Un- Undercrank the camera, sped everything up, put some sand over the top, sells it. That's what James One said. How did you do that? Simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you, do you hate it in interviews where you think you've got this great question where you're like, oh, but how did you do it? <laughs> Rubber. Obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> Could you elaborate? Because I've still got two minutes left of this interview and I get in trouble from my editor if I leave too early. So, uh, Jigsaw, not a serial killer because he's never really killed anyone. That's debatable. Yeah, this is, this is not true. Th- yeah. That line is not true. He's killing all these people. If I put you in a trap that's going to fucking kill you, I've killed you. Yeah. yeah. Not a serial killer. No, I never killed him. They killed themselves. I just put I, them there. I set fire to the house. <laughs> they could have left. They were asleep. Yeah, uh, so we've got another on the subject of fire. Mark, uh, who, oh, not sure about this connection. He ends up burning himself to death because of the people he burned yeah. by faking an illness. It's weird that the razor wire man, you, you're like, oh, this is dark and scary and feels like seven and it makes perfect sense, even though the logic is like, it's a little bit harsh that he feigned suicide and all of that. But then you're like, the combination is on the wall and you're covered in accelerant. And so you're like, oh, no, I don't get it. Like, mm. it's so, it's, the scenes come really close together. One feels daft and one doesn't. And I, it's such a fine distinction. Plus, talking about how well speeding up worked here, it's sped up. And we see him 
trying out the numbers. Yeah. He's doing it in quite a random order. I think I would go in order. <laughs> He's just going from one number to another all over the place. What the hell? Also, Have a system. Also, I'm pretty sure you could make sure you didn't burn yourself with a candle. Right. I think I think there's a way of doing it. Yeah. But he's rushing. What I'm it. saying is I could escape all these traps. He's rushing and he's on glass. That's the point. Because oh, once yeah. the candle goes out, he can't see them anymore. Oh, oh yeah. Good. It's, yeah. It's working against the clock out. God, what a good trap. What a good trap. <laughs> so uh, we're back in the hospital now with Dr. Gordon. Five months earlier, uh, he's got a patient called John who's got a brain tumor on the table. John, my brain tumor. What's important? And the Zep, the orderly. We've got our first bit of real misdirection here, where Zep is introduced as a really creepy orderly. Yeah, yeah. He, he pops up, and say, "Hi, I'm no. the villain." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we find out um, we've got Carla there, who definitely wants to play with Dr. Gordon's stethoscope. <laughs> so. Dr. Gordon is questioned by Detective Taps and uh, Tap, Detective Tap and Sing because of the pen light with his fingerprints on. And he doesn't want to offer an alibi because it incriminates his affair with Carla. You'd definitely go, it's murder. <laughs> you were going to jail for murder unless you... Well, all right, yeah, I was with Carla. Fine, yeah, she wanted to blow my stethoscope. Uh, now we meet a victim who made it. Uh, now, Chris, you probably know more about this than me because I did it all through research because I have not seen any of the Saw sequels, but I read a shit ton about them and they actually sound fascinating. Yes, they are. They're all interconnected. Yeah, it gets very complicated, but say you want to look at John Kramer's biography within the films if you go on to wikia uh it's it starts a long time before this moment right there's such a history of him building uh, we learn who he is where he came from where the, the puppet the pig mask all this stuff where it comes from his child his wife um but also his disciples that he's built up a team of disciples so there's a lot going on up to this point which you see in the sequels mm. this is this is almost in the middle of the saw series where this one begins and ends because Amanda, uh, yeah, we meet Amanda now because Dr. Detective Tap wants Gordon to hear her uh, her story. Uh, so she um, has got a contraption on her head. Uh, we've got the weird puppet on TV. If she doesn't cut a guy open and retrieve a key, her mouth will be permanently ripped open. <laughs> I like this torture device. No wonder they picked this for the short. Confused as to why she's hesitant initially to cut open a dead guy to get the key out when she's got the trap on her head. Because at this point, she thinks he's dead. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm straight in there, mate. I'm straight in there. <laughs> doesn't he stir before she starts doing the cutting? Does he? OK, well, that explains but, but it. But at first, she doesn't know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's grim. It's grim. Again, all these cutaways, there's lots of... Um, James Wan said there, there aren't many films with more mistakes than Saw because they just... Have to, so these are uh, the digging through the stomach that's... Lee Lee's hands doing that, not Shawnee Smith. That's one of the producers lying on the floor being dug through. <laughs> Fascinatingly, though, because obviously we get this moment where, in a second, where Detective Tap fails to read a room. She's just talked through this horrible thing she went through, and he goes, "You're also a drug addict." It's like, <laughs> God damn it! What a yeah, dick. it's weird. Not a good cop. <laughs> it's weird because John Kramer's judging him for being a drug addict, which you shouldn't do to people. But John Kramer's insane. Yes. But this is our hero <laughs> yeah. who's who's doing the same thing. Yeah. Like morally, you've got he's on the wrong side of the fence there. And in the original script, the guy on the floor was meant to be her drug dealer. So right. oh. she was killing her drug dealer to get the key back. And... But, but he says, "Are you grateful, Mandy?" And she says, "He helped me." And that's the point. She's a big one of his disciples, and you find that a lot of people who survive his traps be- then become his disciples and do his work. It's right. like a it's like a cult of jigsaw. It is funny when she does it, and then this little doll comes in on a on a bike, and I know it's meant to be that puppets are scary fact always, but it's because it's like. And I know it's meant to be terrifying, but even yeah. if I was her, I would laugh. Yeah, and, and obviously James is um, has a creepy puppet in all his films. I don't know if you know this. Even in Aquaman, there's a creepy puppet is somewhere. There? Yeah, and it's it's his it's his Twitter handle, and Lee's the one. Lee's writing the script, and 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 James says it would be scary if we've got a creepy puppet in there. And he's like, there isn't there isn't really space for a creepy puppet. And James said, 
we should get yeah, we should, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that and so that's where that came from but the, the, the Do you creep- think he was like a joke he's like I'll put it on a fucking bike and it will wheel in but the creepy puppet your script your script mate <laughs> yeah. the creepy puppet in the shore is the one they used in the movie yeah. and so Lee said it's the only time he's really wanted customs to go through his luggage because he had it in his luggage and they never did <laughs> what is this sir <laughs> so we see a little bit of Gordon's home life now Ugh, I hate the little piggy rhyme hate piggy feet disgusting I mean also he's not the thing is not to be judgmental because it is a low budget thing but a lot of time people write children I think just if you unless you've got you're guaranteed to get the most incredible child actor of their generation just don't bother because all child dialogue is always cringy and awful so Lawrence is like, there's no such thing as the bad man. That's a lie. There are bad, bad men out there somewhere. But she, then he's like, this little piggy. Are you telling your kids there's bad men everywhere, kids? <laughs> yeah, I said the man not will come. Yet. What, not yet. Not yet. Surely that scares them. Bloody, what is The man what? will come. No. Yeah, sit down or the man will come. You no. yeah. <laughs> Do you genuinely say sit down or the man will come? I say you need to have good manners, otherwise, if we're out in public, otherwise the man will come and tell you off. Who is that king? Who do they. In, Who in is you, the man? They don't in, believe yeah. me. But in their head. Is it Alex? They, they think it's Alex. <laughs> they love me. They bloody love me. I remember there's a weird story. Didn't you have your shoes on on the bed or something on the cat? Wasn't there a shoe story? I was, no, I just had them on in the house and I was yeah. told I was not allowed them despite the fact that the children were wearing shoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, when you're taking your ch- shoes off, by, after being told by a child that you're not allowed shoes in the house while the child is wearing shoes oh. you, there's so much going on there that you just, yeah, never no. wanna... you just I wanted it, to be polite I knew it I was good I knew it was good <laughs> but um, yeah this little piggy I was like she's too old for this little piggy I don't think you should be doing that with yeah her. but think about it now I guess it's because there's a pig thing running through the film oh, and yes, so they want course. it all to join up but yeah so I mean we've got flashbacks within flashbacks how, how do you both feel about this convoluted narrative because it's intentionally a non-linear film and it's intentionally yeah. confusing do we feel it works do we feel it goes a little bit over the top no I really like it okay. I, I only get confused when I, it's Danny Glover's character that just confuses me the most I think I read when he's rude to Mandy you're a drug addict I was like oh are you are you the killer because you you're cruel and you are being disrespectful to whatever it was meant to make me think that you're bad and then when he sees Zepp in the house in Dr Gordon's house and he's like you're waiting for the doctor too it's like that, none of that made sense to me maybe that wasn't explained enough that I understand that it's there to confuse me because it's you know all of that but yeah because what, what have the reason it's confusing in this instance just to jump in is because so, we've gone from we've gone from a flashback to the Gordon house yeah back to the room then back to the Gordon house yeah. and you feel like you're still in the flashback because Gordon leaves yes and then you still feel you're in the flashback but uh, you, you you're actually in the present yeah you don't know mm. that Danny Glover is not the cop anymore and yes. he's all tortured because yeah, he yeah. got his partner killed yeah. but so, I like the flashback in the flashback I think I think it's really cleverly to, done. To, and it's weird because, I, I, again, I think on a first watch, it maybe loses you a bit too much. But yeah. on a second watch and going through it, when I went through it like with a fine tooth comb for this, I was like, actually, do you know what? It really does work. It all yeah. adds up. And he did spend months on it, didn't he? He said it took mm. him like six months to put it together. So I believe that it all adds up. But it does a good... I mean, I, I, I can't believe it's nearly 20 years ago I saw this film. <laughs> That's weird. But I'm trying to put my mind back. I really didn't think it did a good job through those flashbacks and through the convoluted storyline of, of keep throwing you off the scent and keep making you think someone else. You think it's Gordon. You think it's Zep. You think it's Danny Glover. And so that's all you need to do in one of these films is yeah. keep me guessing until the end. Yeah, that's true. So now we do get an actual flashback because uh, we've seen Insane Tap and now we're back to normal tap. He's rewatching a tape. He sees the graffiti, the fire alarm. They've got the upper hand on Jigsaw, so they raid the location on the tape. Uh, <sighs> Jigsaw cannot, cannot make dioramas of his mm. potential traps <laughs> with action men. You you just cannot have. I know. There's some ketchup there because <laughs> um, it looks so cute. I just it's, you, so it, much it, fun. it's hardly two thousand journals of your prophecy <laughs> and cutting your fingertips it's so off. So much fun. <laughs> Imagine him sitting there working I so mean, hard you on say it. This? Oh, help me! No, I won't help you. <laughs> Are you playing with your dolls again? No, I'm not playing with my dolls again. They're models. <laughs> <laughs> I I think there might be too much to his mythology. Obviously, the films do explore it, but 
there's the pig mask, there's the clown, and there's, there's much, the yeah. wizard cloak. Yeah, too there's many yeah. multis. There's a lot yeah. going on, isn't there? It's that, I didn't know the wizard cloak was part of the mythology. I thought it was just a strange costume choice. <laughs> I, I'm, maybe, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. I, I literally can't remember the ten films. I just thought they'd gone, well, we can't see his face. What should we cover it? Big, big hooded cloak. What, you mean like eyes wide shut? No, it's all we've got. It's all we've got. <laughs> Right, well, uh, Jigsaw returns in a hooded cloak like a cheap magician. <laughs> oh, 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 and uh, Sing shoots off some drill bits on Jeff's trap, saving Jeff. Um, although it's, <laughs> Who's Jeff? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's revealed later in the series. Uh, Jeff uh, goes mad from trauma, is committed to asylum, escapes and kills himself. So Great. that's the, uh, that's the cheery, end of Jeff. Cheery, cheery. Yeah, uh, Tap gets his throat cut because he's a bad cop. And uh, I just, I was watching this and I'm like, how do you have all the guns? And <laughs> like, still somehow he gets away. Yeah. This is the best mistake though, is when, when they're coming into the warehouse, Singh walks in holding his shotgun. Yeah. It's really clearly Lee Winnell and not Singh. Because oh, he really? doesn't look like Ken Leung, <laughs> does he? <laughs> and, and so I think that in the version that was released theatrically, maybe, because of the, um, the, 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 the widescreen, you couldn't see the face. But on the one on the telly, oh, hi, Lee. <laughs> Walking around with his shotgun. <laughs> um, this is where we find out, though, that Jigsaw has a disease eating away at him, and that's why he's killing people who don't value their gift of life. Singh gives chase. Get shot with all the shotguns. <laughs> what was his crime? I mean, what is what? How did, did he not get a chance to value his life? Should, should Jigsaw not have turned around and gone? If you follow me, yeah, uh, you won't be valuing your life. <laughs> <laughs> Bit on the nose, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm in and a is rush. it any price? Because what is what is Gordon's daughter's crime? Right, you just do you do what you need to do to punish someone, mm. even if it means killing innocents. It's a bit. It's a bit more muddled, isn't it? His logic. Yes. And, but anyway, the reason Tapper's gone mad. It turns out, in I'm sure Chris knows the Saw mythology uh, is. I don't remember a lot of it. If I'm honest, <laughs> he was uh, he was discharged from the police force for invading Jigsaw's hideout without a warrant. Due and, process was followed. Hmm? Good. Fire yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, a bit like, as I found out on Monday, the end of seven. Mm. Apparently you can't just do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can do it, but there yeah. will be consequences. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, they find an ex back in the room. Back in the room, they find an ex. They open a box. There's a phone, a cigarette, a lighter, and a note. Cigarettes are harmless. Smoking is only poisonous when it ends in bloodshed. So you don't need a gun to kill Adam. I think that's the worst clue in the world. <laughs> just, just dip it in the blood. Right, yeah. It's what it's, but, but I don't think it even suggests that. No. Smoking is only poisonous when it ends in bloodshed. What oh, the God. fuck does that mean? <laughs> blood, the blood's poisoned. Right. Smoking is only poisonous when it ends in blood. No, it's always poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> to a, a certain Strange. degree. So another flashback. Dr. Gordon walking back to his car from work at hospital in the scariest car park <laughs> ever. I mean, no hospital car park looks like that. As it turns out, it's not the hospital car park, but still, it shouldn't be a car park. No, it's, it just a, it's just a room in the studio. Mate, they're working on a budget here. I know, here. I know. So this, is this where he goes to the hotel room and there's the woman in there and she's on the bed and he's like, no, that's not what I'm here for. In just one second we get that. First of all, we get what I think is probably one of the scariest moments in where the pig mask pig mask pig mask jigsaw yes. comes out of the back of the yep. car and the way it's shot it reminds me of insidious where you see mm. things very quickly or you can't quite make out what you're looking at and wan has this gift for shooting stuff that you feel like you're like you're almost trying to peer around the corner of the car to see what it is because you really need to see it and he won't let you it's, it's brilliant also, it's also the influence of j-horror that's mm. feeling like something like the ring or the grudge yeah. and the the, the, the the movement and yeah. the, just something off-centre about it. Mm. And it's the most terrifying image in the film, Alex, I agree. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And um, then we get the cigarette in the blood, but the lights go out first and Dr Gordon goes, Don't, I'm not really going to do it, <laughs> so just pretend to die. <laughs> Is Adam's fake death meant to be slightly funny? Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it is I think it is meant yeah. to be slightly it is. funny. Right, fine. I think so. Okay, good. But bear in mind, they only had two takes for everything, so who sure. knows? But I think so. I think he's making noises as much as he's trying to be seen. I think, it, I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, uh, Adam gets electrocuted for his efforts and uh, we get another flashback. Another piece of pure, wonderful, great horror trying to see who's in the apartment with the flash of the camera. Yeah, that's always scary. Mm-hmm. Using a camera flash and the, and the as sound, your only light. And the sound is really cleverly used there of the, of, the, of the flash. Yeah. And the pig monster in the closet. Yeah. Brilliant. So, back in the room, phone call from wife Alison. Oh, did I remember to take a break? No, we'll do it now. No. She's with Zepp. She's with Evil oh. Orderly in the room and he said, say this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, she's, okay. He's got a prisoner. He's been fed. So she she doesn't know what she's saying. No. She's just being fed a line yeah. by Zepp. Got you. Cool. Yep. Thanks. Tick, tick. Uh, so apparently Adam takes photos of rich guys who do sex in CD motels. Um, this is the scene you were just mentioning. Right. What is, what is happening? Is he having sex with that woman? Well, he's, he's claiming he's not. Right. Well, he's but clear. he doesn't. In this moment, it feels like he's previously had sex with yes. her and oh. he's gone here to have sex with her, but he's decided to do the right thing. However, oh, he's okay. arguing he's never had sex yes. with her, which makes it weird that this would be the first time, I think. Right. Yep. I, I, yep. 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 Okay. Well, go on. No, no, no. Are sorry, you... that's it. It just threw me because I was like, I, she's obviously expecting something, but he's like, no. And then I was like, oh, are you selling medicine on the side? <laughs> that's what I thought was because he's really shifty. And then she's like, oh, I thought I had to. I thought it was transactional by selling. I mean, she's like, if we born, do I get medicine? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I saw. That's too much. Well, it's six o'clock, Vicky. Right. <laughs> and you know what Gordon hasn't done? He hasn't killed Adam. So. Zepp's going to kill Alison, but she frees herself, and I just hate moments like this in cinema in general. Why she should shoot his fucking Thank head you. off. I'm Jesus just Christ. Like, I, can't, some, I can't. 
done. I can't do it. You know, a guy would have killed, <laughs> killed him. Know. That's what it is. It's I would like, have fucking I'm, done it. I'm a mother and I just don't <laughs> know. It's Jamie Lee Curtis do. dropping the knife mm. in Halloween. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I maybe I, I've I'm just I've seen. I don't know what. Sometimes you buy it and sometimes you like. Stay right there. No, absolutely not. I have a gun now. That is the end of you. Uh, and you'd think I'm, I'm almost tempted to say. Thankfully, tap comes in to sort <laughs> shit out. But I'd forgotten that he's the worst cop in the world. You'd be like, oh, not you. <laughs> she must think, I'm saved. She's no idea. She doesn't know what he's like. <laughs> Dead partner, throat cut. She thought, she thought she was getting the brave man from the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. Turns out. This doddery old fool. <laughs> oh. Then we get the promise of the poster. Gordon soars off his own foot. <laughs> uh, tap, though he's a bad cop, so Zep manages to kill him. Um, uh, yep, it seems like Gordon has killed Adam. We're in the final stretch now. Can I just say that the car chase that we saw a little bit earlier, mm. uh, it's called The Poor Man's Process, how they directed that. Okay. So that's the car is in the studio because they're not leaving the studio. They're basically rocking it and shaking it while people run around it with torches to look like traffic lights. Lies. That's how they shot that's the car. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's the moment. I, I think up until this moment when I watched the film for the first time, everything felt intentional. This was the first moment. The first time I watched it, went, I'm watching a low-budget movie. Because sure. it's the right. only bit that I just think you... Because why it's called the poor man's process. Yeah, yeah. But you're so accustomed to what a car chase looks like at this moment. Everything else could be yeah. passed off as style. Like, you know, using the use of stills that you mentioned. Yeah, et cetera, yeah. Et cetera. And, and sorry, yeah, they had, they had CCTV... Uh, that they just had, and they ended up having to use this. That wasn't supposed to be part of the plot. Right. That was just CCTV <laughs> at the studio. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> really? <laughs> that is brilliant. Ah, oh. So, yeah, uh, Tap gets uh, gets killed by Zep, and literally no one is surprised. <laughs> uh, like I said, it seems like Gordon has killed Adam. It's after six, so Zep is still going to kill Gordon. But look... Adam's not dead, so he smashes Zep with the cistern, killing him. Gordon crawls off to get help. Uh, if I don't go and get help, I'm going to bleed to death. So, despite failing, this is where I got my main issues, right? Despite failing his game, Gordon lives uh, because he returns in Saw 3D. It turns out he just cauterized his room outside, gets a prosthetic foot from Jigsaw and becomes Jigsaw's right-hand man. That's in Saw 3D in 2010. So this whole thing where Adam is like, we're going to be okay. And Gordon's like, I wouldn't lie to you. At that point, he is going to try and come back. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't turn out that way. Then Adam finds the dictaphone on the body. Zeb, Zeb uh, was not the killer. No. He had poison put in him. Yeah. And he was going to die unless he killed Gordon's family. Zeb's dead, baby. Zeb's dead. <laughs> Big reveal. Bum, bum, bum. It is Literally, probably when I close my eyes and think about the lasting image of this movie, it is the dead body getting up mm. and that being Jigsaw. It's the music mm. kicking in, which is iconic music now. Not bum, 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 just for the record. <laughs> and it's Lee's reaction as well. We spend quite a lot of time on Lee's face and yeah. you're thinking, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, and it's it's like he's being born as well. It's like that scene at the end of Gravity when she gets up. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and and he has real presence, Tobin Bell, as well. And he delivers the line so brilliantly before walking off. It's just it's just a perfect moment. So the the line is, and this is meant to be the the real sort of kicker. This is meant to be the thing that makes you walk out of the cinema going, Oh my god, I can't believe it. Which is that he tells Adam the key was in the bath all along. Mm -hmm. Your freedom was there in the bath. So, so, this is what I wanted to talk about at the beginning. Okay. Um, yeah, was he supposed to find the key? Was he, was it possible for him to find the key? It sounds like it was. Then what happens if he finds the key? How does this play out? Mm. The master plan. Yeah. He unlocks himself and wanders off, helps Dr. Gordon... But what is the lesson? Because doesn't he, doesn't the key go down the plug hole kind it of does. accidentally? It does. No. Well, here's the thing. So this is where it gets interesting in the, sure. in, in the Saw mythology. So the key disappears down the plug hole. And in Saw 3, they tried to retroactively explain how this trap should have worked. Okay. Because, now I'm interested. I've forgotten this. So uh, to anyone watching the end of this, it's like, well, 
that seems like hugely unfair to Adam. You going, the key was in the bath all along. It's yeah. like, but we saw it disappear down the plug hole. So was Adam, like you just said, Chris, meant to, if he'd woken up and the key hadn't gone down the plug hole, well, he'd have had the key. And in Saw 3, Mandy, the drug addict in this one, who's now, it's revealed in this film, is uh, in Saw 3, so is his apprentice. She basically is his bad apprentice because she makes games unfair. Games are unwinnable right. Right, when she sets them up. Okay. So Jigsaw is meant to, to tells her to put the key in a way that Adam has a chance of getting it. Yep. But she just chucks it in. Yeah. And so that's why... It disappears down the plug hole. Okay. So it's meant to be there. But then that line of thinking, which is them trying to fix it, going, well, she made it unfair and unwinnable for mm. Adam, yeah. brings us back to your point, which is like, then he'd still have had the fucking key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he how would does have this... had the key, and the only way it works then is he has the key, he goes, oh, brilliant, I've got my key, and I unlock myself at the same time as Dr. Gordon is told you have to kill him. So there's a game there, which is you have to stop him from leaving, but I don't know what that is. That's all I can think. Well, he just goes and gets help for Dr. Gordon. Mm. Or that's what He happens, unlocks yeah. himself and yeah. goes and helps. Because Dr. Does, Gordon's does just right chained to a wall. Yeah, it's the right thing. Because yeah. then you get into sort of boring specifics, like, well, the door was locked. It's like, yeah, but it's difficult for them to open because they're chained up. I reckon you could probably find a way to open that door if yeah. you were just loose in a room. There's other ways out of that room. The trouble is, it oh. means that if they try to the fix it locked out. Yeah, that in, is, in Saw 3, it means... You spent six months on a script weaving in the flashbacks and you did think that ending worked because you've had a lot of time to look at that ending. So you thought it worked. So well, maybe are it we does. Missing Alex something? is saying that if the door's locked, maybe there's going to be more to the... Cause you've got yeah, but Zep- you're writing Saw 1. You don't know you're going to get 57 franchise spin-off sequels or whatever out of it, do you? Mm. You have to write a perfect thing. Mm. So you're walking out of the cinema going, that was perfect and I've written a perfect film. I haven't... Oh, I don't know, actually. Maybe he was like, well, I'll explain it. Would you write a script where you're like, I'll explain that in two sequels time? But, you, you, no, but does, you're right, it, the door's locked. The door's locked. It does require explanation, though, because for for Jigsaw's payoff to be the key was in the bath all along, yeah. mm. idiot, it's like, but it went down the plug hole, so your trap wasn't fair, and your yeah. whole modus operandi is to create fair, winnable traps. So. Yes. It's a bit of an issue. But you're supposed to go, oh, the key was there the whole time. And you, Adam, because of your character, you failed to see that. Which works if the key is sitting on the, uh, on the in the bath and for some reason that you write in, yeah, Adam never bothered to yes. look in the bath because yeah, yeah. of, like, he's got bath blindness or something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, that works. No, I couldn't have bath blindness because it has to be his fault. Either way, that's a big problem because yeah. once you think about it, it's like the big last line, the last hurrah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at least uh, Mandy, the drug addict in this, does do the right thing because uh, rather than leave Adam to rot or starve to death, uh, she returns and suffocates him to death and oh, saw three with nice. a plastic bag. So. But equally, the, 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 the key bathtub thing, a bit annoying, but game over is brilliant and shutting the door is brilliant. Having him in the dark is brilliant and ending with him screaming is brilliant. So you've still got a really horrible, nasty... Yeah button for the end of the film yeah yeah uh, as i said makes over a hundred million dollars on a one million dollar budget well done everyone involved obviously franchised we're currently on saw nine saw 10 due out this halloween so i, I watched just, spiral last night you're going to be busy that's uh, lee Wanell's recent one how is it no that's not that's um the late, latest saw movie oh. with chris rock oh. chris rock wrote it what? <laughs> chris rock wrote it and stars in it with samuel l jackson okay yeah that's yeah, all right mm. Okay. Uh, it's not great. Uh, right. yeah. Not great. Um, what I will say is, talking to Lee about this film, he was surprised that the sequels, he didn't realise the traps were going to be the thing. He thought that the mystery or the serial killer, but he was quite surprised that that was all the marketing was, and that's what the sequels really took. Um, which is interesting. He was trying to write a good serial killer film, mm. and a couple of traps were funny in it. He didn't think there would be ten films about traps he that didn't would follow. Think that the geeks would go nuts for the traps and just try and yeah. you know, just more elaborate, horrible ways to I punish people. I think both he and Juan have tried to distance themselves from the torture porn element of this first movie. And like, he doesn't he's not involved with mm. them at all, really. Yeah. He produces them, but yeah, he's, they're doing other things. Mm. Uh, so, uh, with regard to uh, this 10th uh, edition of Saw, this Halloween, uh, apparently looking like a prequel, as Tobin Bell is back as Jigsaw, Kerry uh, Elwes was asked at a junket just this April if he might return, and he said, 
I have no comment one way or the other about that franchise. I really can't speak to it. I'm happy for the filmmakers that they continue to make money and that it seems to be a financial bonus for them. In 2005, Elwes sued <laughs> the makers of Saw for unjust enrichment. <laughs> uh, so I don't think uh, he's going to be coming back. Uh, Juan and Winnell, though, as you said, Chris, obviously went on to massive things. Uh, you know, uh, Juan uh, directing The Conjuring Insidious that Winnell wrote uh, and Aquaman, Fast and Furious 7, which is when I got to interview him. Mm. Very nice man. Mm. And uh, Winnell, uh, Upgrade and The Invisible Man. Upgrade we should be doing quite soon. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and that's it. Any more for any more? Great stuff. Let's do the bits. Vicky, best scene. Foot off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, Chris, best scene. Not foot off. Can't watch that. When Jigsaw stands up. Uh, I'm yeah. going with what Chris said, which is it was one of the two. And I think it is when Jigsaw stands up. But the foot off is also very good because fuck feet, man. <laughs> MVW, most valuable whatever, Chris. Lee and James have done better things than this. Uh, I think they're both amazing. But I am going to go for a, a, one that's out of left field today. Um, Charlie Clauser. Who's that? He wrote the score theme. I love that theme. Mm. I think it really makes that final scene and it's become such a big part of the Saw series and it's so simple because it's about three notes. I'm giving him a shout out. All right then. V, what's your most valuable whatever in this Saw movie? <laughs> Carrie Elwes. Because really? Yeah, I just... I remember reading that you, we, you know, you're going to go and see this film and you're going to find it quite funny because there is a because you're thinking Princess Bride and so it's hard not to think Princess Bride, and there is parts of it where it is quite funny, but that's all right, it doesn't detract from the pleasure. And when he crawls across the floor and they've, they've got that cheap makeup on him to make him look like he's bleeding to death, and he just says, "If I don't get help, I will bleed to death." That's such a good line. But it's very factually accurate. Yes, you will bleed to death, Doctor. You should leave. It's all good. Like, I just think he's he's a gift for this because it, it's quite campy and hammy and silly. And then it, you do feel for him as well. So I like him. All right. I'm going for uh, James Wan. Um, I think you can make fun of some elements of how this looks like like the, uh, the, the, the poor man's process, that lo-fi car chase. Uh, but... For what this looks like on a $1 million budget, it's incredible. So, James Wan. Chris, what would you change? Naming no names, just in case I might know someone involved in this, or Vicky might have picked someone as her most valuable person. I think some of the acting in this film is quite bad. (laughs) That was one of my big takeaways the first time I watched it. So I wish they could have just done... I'm not going to blame the actors... I think maybe more than two takes might have helped <laughs> some of the more dramatic scenes towards the end when we're getting quite emotional. Yeah. Uh, because it's funny when he's like, fuck this, <laughs> the foot's got to go. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, go. <laughs> I was definitely laughing at some of the scenes I'm not sure I was supposed to be laughing at. Yeah. But it's part of, it's become part of the film of watching Saw now. At least now I know it's coming. Yes. Whereas before it was quite a bit of a shock, some of the acting in this film. Yeah. But um, yeah, let them do more than two takes. Mm. Uh, mine is uh, Jigsaw just simply cannot make action man dioramas of his traps <laughs> why not it's part of the fun no uh, but you have to give Adam a fighting chance is my main one uh, you can't say are you going to die in this room or are you going to do something because he does things a lot of things a lot of some things are done by Adam and he shouldn't die while Gordon survives when yeah. Gordon legit failed his Game. Yeah. So that's my big one. What did, what did Zep do as well? Yeah. To wow. deserve that. We don't know. He's probably creepy. Probably something bad. Creepy <laughs> as fuck, man. <laughs> Apparently the reason is he was jealous. He'd never fulfilled his wish of becoming a doctor. And so he was jealous of other doctors. <laughs> okay. So that's why Zep's having to... Now you've got to kill a child. Right, you grasping yeah. a straw. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are slagging off the performances. I saw that. I saw that in the scene where he goes, <laughs> his name's John. <laughs> I was like, oh, that guy wanted to be a doctor. Never fulfilled his dream. <laughs> All right, then. That is us done with Saw. Now it's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! <laughs> that was nicely done. Jeopardy, Jeopardy. <laughs> so, uh, the winner this week is Seven! <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to say why? I mean, yeah, I've not I, asked you, but I'm... Are I we can all... say why. Yeah, okay. Because I was trying to keep it simple. It's so better? 
After Saw, you got more We're Saw. We're really doing this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. And after Seven, you got the Game and Fight Club and uh, the Social Network. So there we go. That's that's the reason. Sorry, what's the reason? After Saw. Yeah. Right, sorry, no, wait. Both of these films had a huge impact in their genre at the time because we're still talking about them. And to still be talking about Saw isn't just because they made fucking loads of Saw. It's because the first one just landed like a bomb. Like, yeah. no one could believe it. So they're both equal in that respect. However, after Saw, just get loads more of it. Don't need that. After Seven... You get the game, and you get Fight Club, and you get the social network, which What about Insidious and the Conjuring? Right. They're or, not. Oh, my God, are you joking? Or, they're fine. They're fine, ooh, but they're not. The, what? Insidious is great. Is it better than the game? I didn't say it was. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It's fucking not. <laughs> ooh, I see. Now you, this Insidious versus the game. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, because Seven's better. Yeah. Chris. Se- yeah. <laughs> right, fine. Good. Yeah. Good. That's it, yeah. No, it's, it's just fundamentally a better film, but the saw is is good. Uh, so there we go. We have a winner, and the winner is Shock Horror Yay. 7. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can have your say and tell us how right we got it when the listener poll goes up on Twitter in the near future at yeah. ClashPod. Yeah. Do I do a poll? I mean, it might be interesting. Yeah, why not? You never know. Never know. Stranger things have happened. All right, next week, V gave mm-hmm. us a clue. Mm-hmm. Remind us of that clue. The clue was um, Xbox marks the spot, but not for you, man. Right, so obviously I got the first part. Right, you know, you also do know the films. So. Right, oh yeah, that helps. No, but, that, but what I'm saying is I know the films and I'm still confused about what the second part of your Here clue is. Here we go. Here That's we right. go. That's right, I'm on right. a journey. This so, is going to be really good. So X marks the spot is a familiar phrase related to treasure, yeah. right? Xbox uh-huh. marks the spot. Could it be properties that originated from games? Mm. Maybe. Yep. One of these, one of these games you can't get on the Xbox. So that's why you can't get Uncharted on the Xbox, I think. So yeah. the films are Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which you can get across all your Do things. the clue one more time, just so you <laughs> quickly. Xbox marks the spot, but not for you, man. If, right? if, if the man yeah. relates to Spider-Man, I'm walking out and I'm no, like... Getting... No, 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 no. Okay. It's just that Lara Croft Tomb Raider is a female-fronted adventurer plunderer movie and Uncharted is a man-fronted adventure plunderer movie. Do you know what? I'm going to give you a pass. That actually works well done. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually angry with myself because I was the one who was like, oh, Spider-Man, and actually, no. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, good. Can we go? I've got to go watch The Flash. Yeah, you've yeah. got to go watch The Flash. We'll be back on Monday with part one of next week's pairing as we talk Tomb Raider. It's the original Tomb Raider, by the way. <clears throat> and they're available all over the place. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 